Hi everyone, welcome back to Podcasters Unleashed. I'm your host today, Haula, from Women Stories Podcast. I'm so excited to host this topic because I want to know your opinion about the banking system and how the new governance leading by technocrats could change the world. And uh, you don't know, maybe this kind of governance could uh, be implemented in your country. I'm bringing this topic because I see the world is experiencing difficult times. No matter how we choose to look at things in a positive way, there is a great deal of uncertainty towards the future. And it's important to keep an eye on what's happening around us and see what we can do to protect ourselves and to protect our money. <laughs> So before jumping um, directly to this topic, I would like to introduce my co-host, uh, Matilda. Go ahead. Hello, everyone. This is Matilda, host of Coffee with Matilda, a journey to self. My podcast is about finding yourself, loving yourself, and coming out of adversity stronger than before. Over to you, Victor. Hi, thank you, Matilda. Um, I'm Victor Still. I'm the host of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we have conversations with entrepreneurs in the diaspora space. We talk about strategies of how to live the nine to five towards the lifestyle of freedom. Over to you, Simon. Hi, thanks, Victor. I'm Simon Rushton. My podcast is Taxi Chronicles, where I interview people when they jump in a taxi. They confess or tell all about their lives and in the hope that your life will be enhanced one way or another. We have over 500 episodes and we publish at 8 a.m. every day. Over to you, Carla. And I'm Carla and I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast for parents and educators of kids between the ages of five and 14 years old. And we talk about everything to do with education and well-being and the overlap between those. Back to you, Howla. Thanks, Carla. So today we're going to talk about the banking system and technocrats. And we are going to talk first about the banking system because uh, we didn't uh, learn in school uh, who controlled the money, where money does come from, and a lot of people find it confusing about this kind of system. And uh, this is a quotation that I found very interesting. It's, it's uh, said, it's well enough that people of the nation do not understand our banking and the monetary system, for if they did, I believe there would be a revolution before tomorrow morning. So uh, to get more insights about uh, the banking system and how uh, it works. So Matilda, I won't talk about the central banking system because I have done research about it and I have seen this kind of system. It was designed. It's not the things uh, that are um, implemented this way. It's something that was designed. So what do you think about this kind of system? Well, I think uh, it's important to know the history behind it. Uh, you know, money is one of the most important elements in our lives uh, because every day we, we do our things with money. And um, we need to understand where is the uh, modern banking system coming from. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a history so you know where even, even the central banking started. In 1694, William Patters was a banker in England you have to realize England at that time was suffering from 50 years of war. The economy was very bad. And he came up with this idea that privately owned bank that can issue the government from a thin air will be a solution. So they can resolve their economic problem and continue with their uh, plan, a governmental plan and military plan. This is the beginning model of modern central banking system. And then fast forward, we come to 1910, uh, that central bank, um, the uh, Federal Reserve System was created in America. And we have to know that central banking is more influential than law and government politicians. So this is the key element here. Central banking system of America is, is in most of the countries, like European Central Bank, as I said, several countries under one economical policy. The only countries that they're not in the Central Bank of America is North Korea. Woo. And surprisingly, I mean, I'm not surprised, Iran came, Cuba came, 
And 2000, um, Afghanistan and Iraq came to the list as well. And this is dangerous in a way. And at the same time, it's okay. I'm Iranian, so maybe I can take some money to Iran and be free from this system. I don't know. But yeah, Iran doesn't have the system. That's why maybe, I mean, we see a lot of influation with money. Uh, like every day, every day you wake up, there's a, um, people are getting poorer in Iran, in a sense. I can go on and on and a little bit about uh, 1970s, what happened with Nixon. Mm -hmm. I don't know, do I have the time or should yes. I back to me? Yes, go ahead. Okay, and so at that time, so after World War II, this is important, after World War II, US dollar currency of the world was the central bank in the world. Is the, is, that means every central bank in the world has dollars in their, reverse, in their reserve. So all the and then all the other currencies were backed by U.S. dollars, and U.S. dollar was backed by gold. That means you could exchange dollar to gold. At that time, all the currencies in the world, there, um, it was kind of fixed. There, there were not a lot of uh, inflation about their money because they were measured by gold. But Nixon, President Nixon, in 1970s, 71, I think. Um, he changed that, and he said American Reserve Bank is not bank is not backed by gold, because they wanted to have enough money for um, for the war, Vietnam War. That means so all the countries in the world, I mean besides Iran and Cuba and all the, all these countries, and I said they were backed by American Reserve Bank dollars. So now they're not backed by anything. They're backed by Fate. They just have to fate on American banking system. And I think if American banking system fails, most of the countries, besides Iran and Iran, will fail the system. So I don't know now who's the safest country to be in Iran. <laughs> North Korea. And North Korea. Afghanistan, all these people who don't have central banking systems. So if you want if you want to change your nationality, I think I can do something for Iran. If you can you can hit me up later. <laughs> so so we know that uh, who issues not... the currency then? Who issues the currency in North Korea and um, and Iran? Um, their own government, their own system. I mean, the government that is related to them, they have their own banking system, which is not related to any other countries. And they don't, this is the crazy part, they don't give um, details to other countries about their, how much even money they have in their country. So it's very secretive in a way. So let's, let's talk about, about Europe banking system. How do you think the, the system is going to evolve? Because now I think we are in a system of uh, perpetual self-generating debt. So how do you think, you are a lawyer, you have worked in financial sector, so how do you think the world is going to evolve in Europe? Well, in Europe, since I'm going to be a French soon, <laughs> uh, I don't know about the Europe that much, but I think um, I mean, we're going to have, I hope the crypto system, um, digital for money will come in soon. Because I think that's going to be our, not crypto per se, but the digital system that it's not governed by a government or a country, a country, can come into the system because then we'll, we're going to be saved in a way. I think my only hope will be um, blockchain in a way. Okay. It's interesting you say that, Matilda, because um, I saw an advert for Visa yesterday or the day before for and Iran for visa no a visa <laughs> as in sorry visa the credit card uh -huh. um, or, or the currency and they're saying what they do for the planet and I looked at that as a form of their panicking so I've never seen an advert that they did before mm -hmm. and the thing with the bitcoin bitcoin's not controlled by anybody but it's been created by the people Mm -hmm. So they're trying to, it's funny you say that, you know, hopefully we'll be saved. I don't think we'll be saved if the government creates something because they're just controlling it and they're not necessarily banking it against anything per se. I hear they're trying to go back to the gold standard where they're putting regulations on the gold. But the beautiful thing is with Bitcoin now, and think it allows you that freedom 
to do transactions with each other and the government doesn't know what's going on. And that's why countries like China have said, we're not allowing Bitcoin use in our country anymore and their things plummet. But it's, to me, it's something that won't die as long as the people are happy to do business with each other, it will carry on. Yeah, and I, that's very true, uh, Tamer. I think at the end of the day, I mean, even if it's not this Bitcoin situation, I think people will find a solution because people need to do business with each other. I don't think we would allow banking system to fail us again. I hope not. Martina, I people uh, should be strong. Central banks, central banks all over the world now are rushing into creating digital currencies all over the world. China started it. Not how China started it, but China is on the forefront of implementing digital currency from the central bank. Lately, in Nigeria, I started doing, uh, started going into creating their own e naira, which is the digital currency. So, countries, central banks all over the world, they are jumping into what you think would save us, which is digital, mm -hmm. digital currency. But the funny thing is, places like East Africa, especially Kenya, have had a uh, form of digital currency already for many, many years, probably two decades, which is M-Pesa, where you, your phone number is your bank account. And that's created because the poor can't, there's no point in them having bank accounts. But everybody wants to have a mobile phone number, whether you live in the, in the Amazon forest or the savannas of Africa or the mountains somewhere. You can have a mobile phone number, and that mobile phone number will be your bank account, and you can transfer money, transfer money anywhere in the world. So I transfer money every month to my children in Kenya, and that's from my bank account to their mobile number, and then they can spend it, pay their school fees, or do whatever they need to do. So it is there, but it's just not there on the global integrated scale. Oh, interesting. Okay. And if they're, uh, they lose their phone, but the system is secured. Yeah, because you have a PIN number. So if okay. you came to mug me, you may get some cash if I have some cash, but my mobile number, unless you stick me up and said, transfer all your money from your mobile number to someone else, to theirs. Okay. But even so, I could go to the bank and I could say, this is what happened, uh, to the mobile com company, excuse me, and say, this is, what, this is what happened, and can you send all the money back, please? Okay. Okay, guys, we have a lot of comments. Carla, please read Anders' comments. Yeah, Anders says a relatively small group of people has a horribly unproportionate big wealth, economical and political influence. Around them, you find a larger group that aspire to be around them or become one of them. There's a big difference, though, in how much the super rich is forced to share with the population from country to country. Um, hi, Anders. Nice to have you back. And also, George. George, hi. Nice to have hi, you back. Um, we have Daniel, who says, what affects young entrepreneurs in the world is fiscal policy, which increases the interest rate. Hence, this makes the cost of doing business in market unbearable. However, the government should monetary policy to caution interest rates on different business sectors. And Anders is recommending galaxy.com for you, Simon. You should use transfergalaxy.com. Back to you, Paula. Okay. So let's talk more about, because I've seen Anders talk about uh, the, the rich and, and people with influence. And now we're seeing the rise of technocracy in uh, a lot of countries. Now it's implemented in Italy and Greece. And I want to talk about the technocrat leaders why they are so attractive right now. Everyone is attracted to this kind of governance. And what is the relationship between technocrat, uh, technocrats and central banks, Carla? Well, first of all, the definition of technocrats, uh, they're very different from what we know as political leaders. So in the past, we, we've usually, we have lots of different types of governance and lots of different types of leaders, but we've had monarchies where we have ruling elite families. Um, that pass on political power or rulership from one generation to another um, and remain uh, as the rulers unless they're overthrown. Um, and then we have what we know as the democratic form of government where we have people from amongst the people who are apparently elected and they make up uh, the ruling uh, parties or you know political leaders of the country. And, but they're usually coming from a political background. So a lot of them study politics at university, for example. However, with technocrats, technocrats do not come from political backgrounds. They are experts 
So they are experts quite often in finance, economics, engineering, we see a lot, um, and they are elected into um, ruling, basically into governance, and you have whole governments that are made up of these um, elites, ruling elites, but they are expert elites, not political elites. So that's the difference. And the relationship between them and banking is some of them actually come from a banking background. A lot of them come from um, banking or finance or economics backgrounds. And one of the main reasons why they are chosen or favoured is that particularly when you have countries where there's a lot of economical problems, the government is mm -hmm. failing because of finance. They're considered to be better because they have a banking and finance background. Or if, for example, like in the case of America, when Donald Trump was elected, a lot of people believed that he was a good leader because he came from a business background. Um, and he was elected at a time where America was really struggling um, in terms of finance and, and running the corporation that is America. So um, that's the difference. And that's the relationship. It's a very close relationship between technocratic uh, governance and banking. Because of, mainly because of finance and economic development. Okay. And I, I have done some research about these uh, technocrats that are coming from central banks. For example, in Italy in 2011, they pressured, for example, the government to uh, lower wages and to change the policy of labor and to make it more flexible work and also to reduce the wages. So do, do you think that uh, bankers influencing uh, could be dangerous for government and pressuring government to do this kind of change in the system could be dangerous? How do you think they will rule? Uh, just to jump in there, I think any, any political system that allows um, the politicians to be financed by bankers or big business is always going to be a problem and never to the public interest. And I think that's what's happening in that respect. And that's where we are in the dilemmas we are today in comparison to how things um, used to be. But back to you, Carla. Okay. And how do you think, guys, technocrats will change the working conditions? Now we can see China is ruled by technocrats, Italy and Greece. So how do you think they will change the, the working conditions? Anybody can respond to it. I, I would say... From, from my point of view, and it kind of leads into um, something I was going to show up, the government's trying to pin people down to certain industries, and I can, mm. I can only really speak for England, really. I can't speak for mm. or the United Kingdom. I can't speak for other places. And the new, younger generations, the millennials and the generation Z or X, whatever it is, they are deciding they're going to do what they want to do. And um, they're going to make money how they want to make money. And they're gonna, and and it's causing problems for the government because there's lots, just like what we do as podcasters. If we do our podcasts and we get money, we can do that from anywhere in the world. So the government can't necessarily fix us down to say, okay, we've got this income coming from this population, and on all those kind of things. I've had people in a taxi, quite a few people, especially the young ones, who say, yeah, I've before the lockdown, I was just living on the go because I was just that social media influencer lifestyle. And um, I think that's been a big bane in the public eye. There is a video I wanted to show, but um, oh, yeah. oh, do you want, I can share it now. The first one is, thank you. The first one is as shown. If you just bear with me, it's not that long. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but every influencer known to mankind is in Dubai right now. What's going on? I didn't get the invite. Nothing slid across my desk. No memo, no statement, no plane ticket. I'm here chilling at Philion HQ. Meanwhile, an influencer orgy is happening in Dubai right now. So that's one point of how, thank you, Carla. That's one point of how young people, because they are very, they're young there, they're just going. They're all going to Dubai. And now what I've heard is that there's a, um, excuse me, a, res a tax residence certificate for social media people. But that is actually being put on by the British government on the British side of things because they want to start to control where we're going and how we're, how we're manoeuvring. And to defeat that, all the young people are going to do is going to go to another city, to another country. 
and they're all going to be there and Chendi and Kevin, what they're doing. The 195 countries on the planet. It's not going to be hard to get up and move all the time, all the time, all the time. But what the funny thing is, YouTube now for the Americans influencers is taxing people prior to paying them as if they're employees because most influencers are young. What they're between 12 to 24. And those age groups don't pay taxes because they just don't <laughs> understand the accountability. So these are some of the measures that um, are taken when it comes to, um, excuse me, when it comes to the government trying to control the movement of people and where they know they're going to get a certain amount of tax people. And those days of having a job for like a lifetime are gone. It's gone. You have a job for maybe five years if you are going to be a nine to five person. And, and that's if you're not going to be in the social media world. But, every, but young people generally want to do the social media kind of be a star, be cool. Well, the millennials are trying to be creative no matter what's happening in this world. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, yes, Carla, could you please uh, read the comments? We have a lot of comments today. Yeah, Sasha says the policy of central banks uh, is to create a huge inflation on the assets. When the interest rates are very low, people invest in real assets with better return than the percentage of interest. So the inflation is mechanical and will destroy the middle class soon. It's a global political decision behind central bankers are not independents. And Anders says the fact that you can use digital tools to create soft control through the reach, the same effects as you could historically. Authoritarian leaders together with these tools is very dangerous. We have seen uh, what new public management in a political context has led to, and it has been disastrous. And he also says, uh, okay, no, we've got Akram Imar. Uh, nice to have you back, Akram. He says, money, business, and the economy are the backbone of political life, and it is the source of power in the world. What Matilda presented is the historical introduction confirms this, a group of people who control the world's economy and thus the policies and systems of governments that serve their interests. And he adds to that, he resorts to the power of technocrats. Countries suffer from failure and the absence of political life or countries controlled by the sectarian system such as Lebanon. The army also uses it for fear of the emergence of a free democratic system as in the case of Egypt and elsewhere. And Anders again, since traditional collective political movement have been weakened, influencers is in some way used in the political arena. Mm -hmm. And one more, Daniel says, what is affecting African countries and other parts of the world is purely state capture. Those who are in leadership accumulate wealth through business manipulations because of political influence and bad governance, while the informal sectors and low classes continue to struggle with high tax rates. The technocrats have not created a sustainable infrastructure to suit the younger generation ambition in developing talent, skills and knowledge. Wow, some amazing comments. Thank you guys for those wonderful comments. Back to you, Howler. Yes, those are interesting comments. And um, I want to go back to, to Simon to talk about uh, how do you think the government will influence the labour work? Um, is it, what I was saying earlier, they're trying to... They're trying, there's, different ways and I, and I refer back to some of the interviews I've done on the Taxi Chronicles and it, it may seem a bit far-fetched but this is what this guy was explaining to me he said with this 5G because he's on a, he's on one of the diplomatic government uh, British representing Britain and there's 500 different uh, people representing and they all come together to discuss the 5G and the whole 5G concept so I was asking him why we need this 5G so bear with me on this a minute. He says factories um, will be able to have less employees and, and the government will be able to know what's going on in that factory because they've been giving them good Wi-Fi. They're also giving us smart meters because then they can, um, from the energy sector, producing sector, whether it's EDF, what we have in London, in England, um, they will also be able to see what house is consuming what and understand all these things. So all these things actually reduce labor, but then you will be forced to pick up certain industry jobs that you may not like, if you see what I mean. And so mm -hmm. that's something that's quite serious, but mm -hmm. is also one of those things of life that we don't stick with the same jobs unless, unless you're a builder or in the medical industry, like as what we call the key workers over here. Mm -hmm. 
But but to going back to one of my videos here, I've got another video where we've got a police lady, and now she's earning over she's earned over a million pounds just doing her um, what we call OnlyFans. I don't know if you guys are aware of OnlyFans here. I only found out about it five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna play um I'm just gonna play her video and then you can hear a small clip of what, what it's all about. Talk about the site. We haven't made that it's a subscription site called OnlyFans. So some people might have heard of it, some people haven't heard of it. So OnlyFans is a subscription site uh, which lots of people put content on, like yourself, and then you charge people to, to look at it. Um, how did you know about this site? You know, it's interesting to see your story going from being a police officer to being in your lingerie, you know, with lots and lots of fans and making a lot of money, clearly. How did you know about the site? What made you make this change? In so I, to, in answer to that lady's question, she's make you can get a million pounds in under a year, or you can stay working for the police force and get grand <laughs> for the year, and maybe if you're lucky, a pension. So it kind of things, and this is avenues where, you know, a policeman's a secure job, it's a guaranteed job for life, unless you do something wrong, but she's left that and gone her own way. And but what does she do? Sorry. She's showing oh, her... Okay, I will let if you. I mean, is that? I mean, is it like a prostitute? It's like a. Yeah, it's a, basically it's a subscription site, Matilda. Where you can post anything. There isn't. There are not rules about. There were no rules until recently about what you can post there, but a lot of it became very popular with women in certain countries who wanted to post images and videos, um, and it started to evolve from just people just posting quite innocent stuff into more racy, the terminology they used there in that video was racy pictures and things. And women realized that rather than posting that for free on Instagram, they could post it on OnlyFans and get paid. But it's, it evolved and it got worse and worse. And some of it started to go into pornography. And recently they've made restrictions on OnlyFans. Um, but yeah, that's the basic gist of it. You can find out more for yourself if you want. The government's reasoning why they're putting restrictions on this because it's younger, younger girls are coming on there and you don't know if they're being influenced by predators to um, market themselves. And also it's very hard to get a, a waitress now in London because they're all on OnlyFans and they're calling in sick. So, but, 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 but the reason why I bring this up is because it's the government trying to force people to say, no, you can't earn money this way. You have to earn money that way. And that's what it really is coming down to. And you have to earn money that way because we can see what's going on and we can get your tax money. We can't if you're on OnlyFans because the internet is international. So OnlyFans isn't just restricted to like one borough in London. It's the world. But I like to that it too, it's restricted. I mean, I like the fact that there are some rules and regulations there because you don't want your daughter or your daughter's friend or, you know, someone to go in it and enjoy and there is no supervision on it at least there's some rules and regulation that keeps it yeah you say that now matilda keep in mind you're a married lady but 10 years ago you may have said freedom of to do what you want to do with your body and all the rest of it okay remember you gotta we all gotta pass here no yeah? no, no i'm against I'm, of those things yeah i'm just okay. i'm just saying at the end of the day is people should have a right to how they earn money and should be dictated to or put under duress by the government. I don't agree with prostitution, especially for women under 25, even though I do feel it's a bit of a public service for people over. But generally, yeah, you shouldn't be told what, how you can earn your money by the government. That's my point. Back to you, Harry. <laughs> I think I think with the rise with the rise of the knowledge economy where people actually teach what they know from their experiences, it's going to be really, really difficult for the government to actually implement what you're saying. Because the 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 platform is already there. If okay. you if you shut if you if you shut OnlyFans down, so it's like whack a mole. If you shut OnlyFans down, another one springs up. I agree with and you. And it goes dark and dark and dark and dark and dark and together to so more. So you I can't, agree. the government is, it is going to be a losing battle for them. All they should do is, you know the way the marijuana setup is, 
bring it out. Let's tax it. Mm -hmm. I agree with you, Victor. I agree with you. Uh, okay, guys. Just, just want to go back to to the topic because we had a lot of comments about the power. And only was very hot. <laughs> I have to go check it out now. <laughs> okay, so we've got some more comments, um, and let's um, get into the discussion about the comments a little bit. So Anders says, "Don't worry about five G, Simon. Everything that can be done when it comes to monitoring people and such is already possible." And Sasha says there's a convergence now about the energetic problem in the near future. We need to reduce and control more the population. Central banks are creating a future hard life for millennials. This new generation will be poor and alone in an illusion of freedom. Sorry, Carla. Can I ask, Sasha, are you saying that the population needs to be controlled? Is that what you're saying, Sasha? Can you, if you can, hopefully he'll respond in the comments. Okay, and Anders says, Simon, it's all about ethics versus money. It's nothing new. I think that was in response to your earlier comments uh, regarding OnlyFans. And um, Anders also says, to all who believe that prostitution should be legalized and considered a regular job, will you consider that it's okay when your sisters or mothers are instructed to take the jobs offered at the employment service after it has been legalized? That's a very interesting question, Anders, there. Uh, and Daniel says, developing countries have overwhelming resources which require well-organized operational mechanisms to create employment opportunities. These countries need to empower the human talent programs to promote excellent industrialization capacities. And Akram says, I would like to return to talking about the technocratic system and is it a solution to the economic problems? That's exactly what we have in mind, Akram. We're going back to that uh, discussion. Back to you, Howler. Yes, I want to ask you guys, are this kind of elite uh, pushed to control the democratic system? What do you think about this kind of new elite of technocrats? Anyone here? I think it's dangerous. You, you, you don't want... You, because business... I think there's a balance. Go ahead, Simon. Go ahead, Simon. I, I think it's dangerous because we're seeing that more and more. And so, for instance, if we take Bill Gates, for instance... He's got money, he's somebody he's invented software for, you know, what have you. And now he's talking about vaccinations and all this stuff. He's not qualified, but because of his money, he's been listened to. Um, so there's a danger, you know. I do believe we do need professionals to advise our people we voted in. But if you're listening to big business when it comes to uh, the public's affairs, they haven't been voted in. They haven't been voted in at all, and that's why I think the danger is. Sorry, back to you, Victor. Yeah, what I'm yeah, what I'm saying is there should be there should be a balance with the with the example you made of Bill Gates. There are so many big businesses running around telling us what to do, or trying to point the world towards direction that they that they're trying to invent. So if we have governments who are sincere, I like what um, what Daniel said about Africa and uh, the vast resources that we've got. If we if we if we have a great a good balance between the technocrats and the government, sincerely come to um, come together and forge a better future, whereby they will be able to. Because remember, the banks, the technocrats, it's all about money at the end of the day. It's all about. No, I won't say greed, but it's all about. The bottom line at the end of the day power and control so what is going to happen is if there is this actual balance between government and technocrats who actually look into the resources and the end game for the common masses which will be which will be very very challenging in my opinion i think that it can be a win-win win-win situation for for the african continent if i use that or for the world Yes, Matilda. What if there we, we find a way, I mean, the system finds a way that controls these technocrats, like the government controls them in a way. If a government controls them, maybe the tax system and, you know, we can see all the other hidden stuff that they do. If there is a way, I think maybe that will be the, I mean, I'm always against the government, but now in, in this scenario, I'm like for the government to control them because if this 
technocrats, for example, Bill Gates, I don't know if he's doing bad things or good things, I'm just saying it. If he does, he wants to take the world in a certain direction, that is there are people or rules and regulation that stops him. I don't know, this is scary. It's yes, but, but but it's the problem is now a lot of people find this attractive to have a technocrats leading the world because they are experts in their field than the politician who failed uh, who failed their country. So so what do you think, Carl, about this? Uh, I think you have to really uh, think about it carefully. Um, and we can see some of the effects of the technocratic rule. If we look at the world carefully, we can see that there are pros and there are cons. That's the reality of it, as there is with any form of governance. But if you look at the definition of what a technocrat is or what it's assumed to be, it's assumed to be a member of a technically skilled elite. So there's quite a few terms there to understand. First of all, elite is, is an issue because when you put people in a group and you say that they're elite, you're giving them a higher value than other human beings. And that's a very dangerous thing to do. And I think that's where some of the danger comes in because actually there is no elite human being. And what I mean by that is a person may be elite in the sense that they know more than someone else. They may be more skilled than someone else, but they may not necessarily be a better human being. And also when they're technically skilled, technically skilled in what? Maybe you're technically skilled in engineering, but you're not very technically skilled in people management. And this is what we're having an issue with globally. We're seeing that we, we have people who are skilled in uh, innovation and technology, for example, but they're not skilled in managing food distribution, because if they were, we wouldn't have mass hunger around the world. Or we have people who are very good economically, but they're not very good on a social justice level. So when we refer to them as technically skilled elite, there's this assumption in that terminology that they're very good at a number of things, but quite often they're not. They're just good at one thing. Um, and sometimes that one thing isn't enough to make them a good, a good leader. Um, and quite often they can't lead themselves because now we're seeing more and more of an issue where people are very good in what they do in their work. But when it comes to their moral character, they're lacking. And people dismiss that as if it makes no difference, but it does make a difference. If you're a leader and you're lacking in moral character and you're supposed to be someone that people look up to and follow in the way that they live their lives, that's also very dangerous. And I think that's where we get all the mass corruption, we get greed, we get all the accumulation of wealth, um, we get the diminishing of, of certain jobs, um, the removing of certain industries that actually are valuable to society, but are considered not very interesting or not good anymore or not necessary because they don't make enough money, such as teaching, for example. The, the, the rates of pay for teaching over years and years has gone down, 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 you know, and teachers are having to fight even to have a status in society now. Um, because it's just considered a job, it's not important, but actually it is important because it shapes the future generations. So I think there are a lot of issues when it comes to technocratic rule that we don't really think about or discuss because maybe it's too humanistic, um, it's not advanced enough. Um, and I think the character of the people that we're putting into uh, leadership positions is something that is very dismissed. And I think that's to our detriment. They might be clever, but they're not very wise. I just want to quickly add in there, China has claimed they're not a capitalist society and they've been interviewed on a BBC by a BBC journalist. And the reason was behind it is this. In America, when a decision is going to be made in a public interest, if big business doesn't want it made, it doesn't happen because they influence government. In China, if something's going to be made in the public interest, and the big business doesn't want it, or they're trying to make something um, happen that's not in the public interest, the government will shut them down in a heartbeat. As we saw with the Alibaba guy, not that he said anything that wasn't in the public interest, but it wasn't the party's interest. So in China, we're saying that's the system there where you have, and I'm not saying it's a perfect system, you have government controls everything and can stop big business in their, in their tracks, but America, it can't. Big business just runs the show and steamrolls over public health issues and all the rest of it, gun issues and all those kind of things. But back to you, um, Carlo. I think we've got some comments. So uh, Sasha says Klaus Schwab uh, is talking about it uh, in the World Economic Forum. 
And Akram says, I, I agree because during the few applications of this concept, it appeared that it is very dangerous as it deals with humans as tools of production, absolutely, and determines their value based on the volume and the quality of their production. That's what goes back to teachers, I guess. They're considered to have a low uh, value in society because the results that they get are not guaranteed. Uh, Anders says, uh, we know that money and power tend to corrupt. We have to spread wealth and political power. Big business generally see political influence and ethics as unwanted friction and resistance. Absolutely, I agree with that because they don't see the value of it, I guess. And we also have... Um, Another comment here, Akram says, no way Matilda to control technocrats by government. And Anders, we already have big problems with privileged people in power that completely lack understanding and empathy with less fortunate people. And all the keys are with the technocrats. <laughs> I love that imagery there uh, from Akram. And the power of technocrats is considered undemocratic because it favors those with technical and technical expertise over the will and choice of the population. Absolutely. And Daniel says, the world is in a serious competition against technocrats. New technocrats emerge on a daily basis depending on the invention and innovation discovered. However, uh, first world countries seems to bully the developing countries in terms of new innovation and invention. What is discovered by a third world country engineer is automatically dismissed without a clear understanding of the importance China has made it because they believe their commodities are sustainable and appreciated locally. Wow, wow, amazing comments. Mm -hmm. And um, Sasha says, the great reset concept is the step to transhumanism and the new world order. Humanity needs to adapt to the new problem related to the energy. The reason why we are in we are 8 billion is just because we used oil energy, nothing else. Less energy will automatically reduce the population. And he refers there to Rome Circle projections about that. And Anders says, China is like a totalitarian company where you will get a big screen TV once a year and enough money to manage. But if you try to open your mouth, you are gone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing comments, Sasha, Daniel, Akram. Really, really interesting. I That's love your hour. comments, guys, and keep keep coming in the comments. We learn so much from you, and uh, we will try our best to respond to all your comments. But the last one really made me think, do you think that Europe is the new China, guys? <laughs> I think the whole world will go like this. I, who was it who said about the Great Reset? I saw a video earlier in the week. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the, I agree with the Great Reset, um, and we know that this is global, and we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, but I saw a video that was talking about, I think it was from the EMF, uh, if I'm not correct, I will, I'll check later and just make sure before we post the link, but it was talking about in the future we will own nothing. The idea is that we've gone too far in terms of materialism, we've gone too far in terms of consumption, and we've we've destroyed or almost destroyed the planet with our insatiable appetite for production and owning and building wealth. And, and it isn't just on the parts of the elites. If we look at the lives of people over the last 30 or 40 years, definitely in my lifetime, um, people have just become more and more materialistic, more and more greedy, and they are never satisfied. It doesn't matter if they get one car, they want two. If they get two, they want three. You can go to people's houses. Where I was in Qatar, for example, you can walk, drive past people's houses and you see six, seven, eight cars out there. And they are still not done with accumulating wealth, building bigger and bigger houses. You've got houses where one person lives in there or doesn't live there. They're traveling all over the world while they own a mansion that's sitting, consuming uh, massive amounts of, of energy and electricity and all of that. It's, it's greed. And it has gone way too far. And it's created an imbalance in the world. But it's also created an insatiable appetite in the poor not to get their basic needs met, but to skip meeting their basic needs and go to wealth. So people, are, someone mentioned there about buying, uh, being given a television. But in my lifetime, I've seen people buy televisions before they bought food. I've seen people buy cars before they bought houses. People buy designer clothes for their children, but they don't buy them books. So I think the value system in the world has gone a bit askew. And, there are, and it is somebody's job to put it all right. And the question has to be asked, how do they do that? 
how do they do that? And if we've gone so far in a drastic way as, as a pop as, as a mass, as, as humanity, how would we get back by just using balanced and nice ways? I don't think we could. I think it would take drastic action to get us away from that drastic behavior. I see. So I think we'll see it all over the world. It will increase. In, in response to what you're saying there, Carla, and I know and Anders won't like this. <laughs> uh, you, I think you were the actual person who told me this. China has come up with a policy where they have stopped um, wealth being flaunted on the TV, where you had those influencers' families or reality TV shows, and they said, no, you're not allowed to do that um, because it's just creating a bad environment for the, pub, uh, for the public. And people, some people can't fool things, and some people can, and, and it causes more social issues. So that is—it's um, a bit of a tyrant system. You can't do this, blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, it is a measure that's been put in place and ha probably has some kind of effect on the society. I personally wouldn't want to be told what I can and can't watch, but I do understand where they're coming from. Sorry, uh, Matilda. Yeah, I was thinking, I mean, way back when Carla was talking about technocrats and I, something just popped in in my head. It's not that we don't have the specialists. It's not that we don't have the technology. Maybe where we are in the world is because of poor management, as maybe Bill Gates is very good, for example, in uh, creating technology for, um, I don't know, Microsoft and something in Internet. But maybe he's not a very good um, people management, gives people the right positions for the right purposes. So maybe when we look at it, why we are... Um, why, where we are in the world, it's the poor management of maybe our leaders or we gave people more power than uh, they need to have. I don't know. So I think the management is the issue because we do have the knowledge and the technology and the resources to resolve a lot of problems in the world. But is it really a poor management or the core values does not exist? Well, uh, yes, Victor. Go ahead. We can't hear you. I think for people like Bill Gates and um, this big tech guy, big company, Matilda, I won't agree with you on that because for you to run a successful company like that, you must know how to manage people. You must know how to read talent. You must know how to sniff someone who has some really, really, really intrinsic values or intrinsic motivation within themselves. You must know that. But that is not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about government and tech. And I agree with what uh, one of the comments that Akron made regarding that technocrats actually hold the key. Because our perception right now, perception shapes our reality, our core reality right now. If not for the big if not for technocrats right now, the current pandemic wouldn't have, the government had no chance to influence people to go and take vaccine or even take the jab. The government has no chance even to stay at home. But it was the technocrats who came in to actually help us through this pandemic, like it or not. But they were the one who shaped our reality to us. You need to do this, you need to do that. And also, the influencers that came on board as well to make you see reasons why you need to take a jab. You took a jab, you have to like show your hands on Instagram or Facebook, oh, this is it. That shapes our reality and see that what we actually, where we are going is being run by technocrats, not even the government, because look at Facebook, for example, they are bigger than so many countries in the world combined. And the power that that, company, that, that, that business own the power that they control alone it is massive even politicians need to start sneaking into into their platform to control their own country or control their own uh, their own constituents so technocrats for me they own they own and they are controlling the world right now just to add, sorry just to add just, just too much mm. just to add on to that um uh, victor Elon Musk is a prime example. And what I, why I really like Elon Musk is because he changed the vehicle industry. He came up with the idea of the solar panel cars, 
there, there, people had tried to do it before, but he pushed it all the way as a technocrat, and he got to, and now everybody has so some kind of, sorry, not solar panel, electric cars, and now everybody, you see electric cars everywhere, and the environment's getting cleaner, and um, so that's a prime example of where a technocrat is doing good, and also where he's talking about the neurological and the chips, He's saying we shouldn't go down that road. It's a dark, dark road. And he said for three years he spoke to the government, slow down, we don't need to be doing this. It's dangerous. We don't know what we're handling. And they don't listen. So he said he's just left them. So that's a good technocrat that had changed the plat or changed the Western or, or London or England, as it put, and had a major influence on many countries where he's selling cars, and um has also had a good attitude when it comes to implementing modern technology to what is the public's interest. Back to you, Hela. Okay. If we are going to talk about all the technocrats, we will find a lot of horrible things too, because a lot of technocrats could influence also the stock market. And for example, Elon Musk, he said he won't accept to, to pay Bitcoin with his cars and the value of Bitcoins get down. So he could, uh, in, in just one second, just change the, the value of the Bitcoin, for example. And his influence uh, in the in the um, in the stock market or in all cars could be governments do that as well. Yes, just yeah. one first, just one first uh, sweep. The government of Nigeria stopped um, trading uh, Bitcoin traders or um, what is it called crypto traders to use banking system, mm. and that took out over 500, 500 million out of the system immediately. The government can do that as well. Yeah. yeah, and remember, Elon Musk has a billion-dollar contract with the American mm. government to get to Mars. So he, he's, <laughs> if, you know, one thing: if yes. the government gives you a billion dollars, you've got to know how to play ball. So he's probably an advocate for Bitcoin, I'm assuming here. But politics has said you got to say no. You can't do business with that because you took money with us. Yeah. So this is another topic for another day about invading other <laughs> continents or, or outside the, the earth. We will, we will talk about it because a lot of technocrats wants to challenge the ultimate creator and do uh, a lot of things outside the earth while well, the earth is suffer, suffering right now. Uh, Carla, please, could you read the comments that left? And uh... Yeah, Akram says, when the market value of man's products is the sole criterion of his value, the machine will be a measure above him. And Sasha says, Europe is dead soon. No, no energy and huge currency problem with the euro plus immigration. The mix is a bomb. Future is in Asia and America can resist a few decades. And Sasha says, it's not my personal views. It's more the vision of international think tanks. Akram says, ultimately, humans may find themselves slaves to real machines or human machines. I think we see that in a way already, Akram. And how about China extracting resources in Africa, Giotta? Hello, Giotta. Nice to have you with us today. And Sasha says, um, there's a determinism in life. People do what they can, not what they want. That's the base of the philosophy. And uh, we also have... Uh, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Welcome back again. Core values and bad management. There it is. I work in the NHS. It's a shambles. Senior management where I can't, where I work, can't have a simple conversation at a basic professional level. It is madness. I think that's everywhere, Thomas. And there is an eight-year waiting list. It is easy sorted, yet these people would rather the NHS suffers than do the right thing. Very interesting. That reminds me of the education sector, Thomas. American uh, African countries are increasingly importing finished products from China while exporting raw products to China, falling into similar trade patterns as with former colonial powers. Our, ana our an analysis shows that just three African countries owe over 40% of their debt to China. Uh, thank you for the links as well, Giotto. We can put those in the comments below. And Daniel, every country in the world has a unique talent, or just to say they have technocrats who have invented unique systems. What affects the world are countries who distinguish themselves from boys to men because of the amount of resources they own. We see some of these other countries described as flower girls, whereas some call themselves big brothers. Interesting. 
And from Diotta again, China's present economic foray into Africa's natural resources thus emerges in this framework, despite oil being um, by far its major import from that continent at 26% of its total oil imports. Imports of other minerals such as cobalt, manganese, copper and iron ore have risen sharply in recent years. Wow, more really interesting comments. What a complex world we live in. Back to you, Paula. Yes, interesting comments. And these comments like made me realize we need to do a lot of topics around these comments we have. <laughs> and so... make us feel North Korea is not such a bad country. <laughs> well we need to visit there and see how it works <laughs> so uh guys we are reaching to the end of the live show and i wanted to talk more about the solution what we can do as uh individuals who are contributing to this system we all are I mean, in a way, enslaved on this system. And we're trying to do the best we can to uh, protect ourselves or try to do something with our money. So, Victor, do you, do you know how uh, uh, we can at least try to invest in our money, how we can do that at least to protect ourselves? Yeah, um, what we're doing is what we're doing now because as, we, as the government... As the government keeps going towards trying to control how we earn money, we have to start going towards how we become, how we self-educate ourselves. For me, that is the best way to guarantee anything, is self-education, personal investment. And I think, according to one of the technocrats, the best investment is yourself. So what, what we need to keep doing is to, like, we are not trees. We should start really, really looking around us and create more streams of income. Like you made mention of your friend before, before now that she about the current situation that she that she's currently going through. If there are different sources of income because of the digitalization of the internet now, the COVID COVID has given us more given us more advantage really for us to be able to be different parts of the world doing this and invest more in knowledge in the knowledge economy, how to really like open yourself up and start teaching, start consulting, start. So there are different ways for you to start like bringing yourself out of this current, you know, current structure that is running right now. There are different, there are different platforms for you to use to like invest if it's crypto, Fair enough. Because if, if let's say what's going on in Lebanon right now, if someone is actually invested in crypto, inflation will definitely not like hit as hard as it's hitting right now in Lebanon. Okay. So there are different ways. So increase your streams, increase your inflows, increase your, your, your money back. And when you say, I don't know, you guys know different ways to save money, but I won't really advise. I'm not a huge fan of saving, but you need money to save. You need savings, uh, savings to like invest. So try as much as possible to create more sources of income. That's what I'm saying. Thanks, Victor. So, guys, any final thoughts? Yes, Matilda. You know, now that I'm thinking, there is no. I mean, in Iran. I mean, obviously, the Iran uh, banking system is very different than other countries. And also, the technocrats in Iran is very different. Recently, like a couple of months ago, they killed the, their top atom engineer, like was one of the top in the world. And he created a system, and I guess it was against the government of Iran or something. They killed him. And he was a reference in the world. So now I'm thinking like Iran doesn't have, I mean, has a lot of smart people, but their technocrats are always under the government. And it, in a way, the system always controls them. So we don't have Bill Gates that controls the money of, for example, America, or takes the, the world in a certain direction. So maybe if we have a strong government, we'll not allow these technocrats to do whatever they want to do. I don't know if it's a positive or negative, but in a way, in Iran, you don't have this kind of a system because the government doesn't allow. Yes. Carla? 
I think also we're coming into a time where people are, are having to be a lot more responsible for where they put their money. Because I think what we've seen um, in the last generation is that we trusted people with our money, i.e. banks, without knowing what their ethics and values were. And actually, we criticize the governments for things like wars, for example, using our money to fund wars and things like that. But we're complicit in it when we choose to use those banks. And even if we do it, you know, things like the interest system and inflation, interest and inflation has come back to bite people because we chose um, to use banking systems that were doing interest. And interest, if you look at the principle of interest, it's, it's not morally correct um, when you're borrowing money and you're claiming to have money that you don't have and you're putting massive amounts of um, fees when people are transferring money and lending money at massive interest rates. We were all a part of that. As a collective, humanity was a part of that. And that is what's led to a massive destruction because when something is morally wrong and we all collectively um, sign off on it or take part in it, we can't then turn around and blame the banking system later. So I think what we need to do is learn the lesson from that. And for example, with the cryptocurrency, if we're going to make a new system of finance, we need to make sure that we don't carry the same errors and mistakes that we did before into the new system. So if we're lending at massive interest rates, and even if we're not the people who are doing that, if we're signing off on it, if we're joining it, if we're putting out, if we're going to transfer our money out of the bank and put it in crypto, but then we're going to start lending it out at massive interest then we're just creating the same system again. And it's going to be even worse the next time around if we don't learn our lesson now. So I think we have to start having a hard line on things like interest. Interest is unethical. And if you don't understand why it's unethical, you need to go and have a look because it actually is. And I, I'm sorry, I always bring up religion, but it is forbidden in our religions. It's forbidden in Christianity to charge interest. It's forbidden in Islam um, to charge interest. And anyone with any ethics and values can see that any banking system that's built on telling lies and also taking money from one person who needs it and giving it to people who don't need it so that they can mass, amass these massive amounts of wealth, is it's, it's not ethical. Um, and we have to be more responsible um, with what we do with our money. And we have to ask more questions about what our, where our money goes. Can I read the last few comments as well? Of course. Go ahead, Carla. Okay, so in terms of solutions, we asked the question, what can we do to protect ourselves and our money? Sasha says, invest in real assets to fight against inflation with a good return. You need cash flow to survive and use credits to do it. Um, Thomas Doherty says, big wages for all. <laughs> Tell us where we get those. And Akron, we start ourselves by not giving banks the opportunity to enslave loans. This is what I was talking about, and to replace them with cooperation and partnership wherever possible. So the old-fashioned banking method is not based on interest. We need to have government central banks introducing sustainable interest rates to allow more young entrepreneurs to do business and at the same time inter-countries connectivity in terms of promoting knowledge and skills in new business ideas. Sasha says technocrats are just a tool controlled by international groups and behind with a bigger picture. And Thomas says the love system. <laughs> so we have a love system instead of the banking system. You just have to be nice, he says. <laughs> you know who taught me that? Your mother, I bet, Thomas. <laughs> always, he always mentions his mom, always giving props and credit to his mom. Okay, so these are solutions. What can we do? Back to you, Howler. Great solutions. And thank you, everyone, for uh, sharing your solutions and comments. We really enjoyed your comments. And we are sorry we, can't, we didn't have the time to answer all of your comments. So I would like to thank Sasha, Akram, Daniel, Anders, who's else? Yota for joining us, Thomas. Uh, who else? Yes. And everyone who, who I didn't mention their name and who is watching now. Yes, uh, Simon, you would like to say something. Yeah, my solution is what partly what Sasha just said. Buy materials that can actually help you. So I invest in gold coins, silver coins, and diamonds. Because I know if the money systems crash, it's a restart. That's we start again at zero. And there's never a person I've met on the planet who wouldn't take a gold coin or a silver coin or a diamond. And that's my <laughs> 
Well, I just got robbed uh, three months ago and they took my diamond. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So you need to know where to hide your diamonds too when yeah. there's a big inflation. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, for me, I think it's the, um, at the end, I think it seems that we have two paths of humanity. One, when we just numb out and merge with machines and we will get lost in all this technocrat system. Or we could have a second path uh, that seems more awakening to us, where we choose as individuals to cultivate love, connection, and care for the environment. And I think this should be our core purpose for the world. And as Podcasters Unleashed, that's what, what we are trying to do, is to bring you awareness to this kind of topics and to help you also maybe change your perspective and seek out for the truth and how, as a collective uh, people, how we can uh, lead better. Um, <laughs> yes, Sasha is saying, I already have a diamond in my life. We know who is the person here. <laughs> You are lucky, Sasha. Uh, so, yes, to end this, please introduce yourselves, my whole co-host. Go ahead. Yeah, yes, Victor Carla. And, uh, Go ahead, Victor. Yeah, I'm Victor. I'm the host of the Spray Entrepreneurs podcast. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Apple iTunes, and um, all major, even on YouTube as well. That's for Entrepreneurs Podcast. Go ahead, Matilda. I'm Matilda, host of Coffee with Matilda, a journey to self, and you can find my podcast on all the podcast platforms, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, back to you, Simon. Oh, thanks, Matilda. I'm Simon, Simon Rushton. Taxi Chronicles is my podcast. We publish at 8 a.m. every day. It's a short five to 20 minute story or someone's story, well, someone telling their own personal story about their experience in life in the hope that they can enhance your life. Entertaining and much more on all major platforms. Over to you, Carla. And my podcast is the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast for parents and educators where we talk about everything related to wellbeing and education and everything in between those two topics. Back to you, Howler. Thanks, guys. So I'm the host of the podcast, Women and Stories podcast, where you can hear real stories from real women all over the world. And I was your host today. And I would love for you to comment if you have any ideas for next topic. We would like uh, to help bring more knowledge to you. And also, you bring knowledge to us, too. We would love uh, to hear your thoughts and your opinion for next topic and be there for the next topic. It would be a great one. And thank you so much for being here. Bye, guys.